Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of The Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links, including the email, will also be in the description. So the past week has been a little weird in terms of gaming in general. Um, I was able to get my Switch OLED and set it up and everything like that. So all of that is ready. First of all, I do want to state that this whole Nintendo Switch transfer situation that Nintendo has set up, not great, not the best. It's not like Xbox or PlayStation where everything is attached to your account. So you just kind of sign in and everything is done. There's just, there's just, there's just a lot we need, we needed to do. We had to kind of transfer the account over in a sense from the old switch into the new switch. So it would transfer the saves, any of those data, anything like that. I don't know if I can just log in to the new switch, if that would be fine. You do need to kind of make your current switch the non-primary switch. So you need to go on the eShop and do that. I don't know if that can be done. If you deleted it, everything, I, I'm sure there's like something there that allows you to recover everything. If let's say you didn't do the whole Nintendo process of like transferring everything from one switch to the other, but it's not easy. It was not easy. And the worst, the biggest culprit was definitely Animal Crossing. We literally had to download a separate tool from the eShop to be able to essentially transfer our Animal Crossing islands across two switches. And that's, it's just, that's just ridiculous. I think that should just be on, on, on your save or attached to your account. So just a lot of work had to be done. But in the end, my Switch OLED running well, like looking amazing. I really like the screen. I really like the OLED screen. I'm surprised how much I like it to the point that that's the only way I'm playing it now. I'm only playing it handheld, which was not how I usually play my Switch. I usually play it on my, on my TV because I do have an OLED TV and I have my surround sound system and everything like that. So it just makes more sense to play it on the big TV. But in this case, actually, I'm, I'm just like really loving playing it on the handheld. And of course, been playing a lot of Metroid Dread, which I will be talking about very, very soon. But yeah, like I think for anyone that's kind of wondering if they should check this out, uh, get a Switch OLED. I mean, if you're new to the whole ecosystem, then yeah, Switch OLED, no doubt. But if you're someone like myself who actually had the first gen switch, you do notice a big change in the battery. I just noticed it immediately because like I said, I've been playing it handheld only and I've been playing a lot of Metroid Dread and it, it, it takes a long while for the battery to run out. And I remember with the older switch um, with Animal Crossing, I would play that handle quite a bit because, you you know, especially with turnips and and like all the whole trading thing you had to do early in the morning and whatnot. I remember I would just have it next to my bedside. So I would kind of have it, I would play it like that quite a bit before going to sleep, waking up in the morning, stuff like that. And yeah, like I would notice the battery go down pretty quick to the point that I would have to recharge it like pretty pretty quickly as well. So overall, Switch OLED has been great. Really, really liking it. And if you're interested in it, definitely check it out. So the first big story, I think this is, this could be one of the bigger ones, I guess. I was going to say this is the biggest one, but I think there's another one that we're going to talk about in a little bit that might be bigger. But God of War is coming to PC, and this is great news. I We knew kind we knew that this was going to happen. I don't know if we predicted this 
earlier on or or when we kind of talked about it but i remember just us going over the fact that days gone is going to the pc horizon or dawn you know death stranding it just made sense that god of war was going to go to go to pc and everyone kind of knows or understands sony's plan or what they're trying to do with this whole pc slash ps5 thing i think they're in the, on the same boat as xbox and microsoft they understand that there's not really a big overlap you know it, it's not like the pc sales are in any way going to hinder their their console sales i think sony also realizes that but they do kind of like that idea of having that exclusivity even if, if it's temporary if it's for like a year or two and that just makes sense you know it, it's i think sony's plan is hey we're gonna have this game exclusively on our console so if you want the newer game yeah you gotta pick it up right now or if you want just wait for a couple of years and it'll be on the pc so it gives them options if you're a pc only player you have options now if you don't have to rely on just getting the console which is great which is great news for me i'm just excited to see how it looks on the pc uh like I, i'll definitely buy this game again this is my favorite game of all time i've you know platinum the game i finished the game twice i'll probably finish it again on the pc and the, the thing that i wanted to like focus on or bring up with this with this topic was whether or not this means or this is kind of leading to god of war 2 being a lock for 2022 now you know they kind of talked about god of war a little bit showed a bunch of gameplay it looked awesome but there's still like no concrete date and i kept thinking that okay that's probably because they're saying you know what horizon forbidden west is a lock for 2022 let's not commit to god of war being something that comes out in 2022 just because maybe they don't know right maybe sony is just saying we want to give our developers all the time in the world we want to make sure sony santa monica is happy with what's coming out and i'm sure they have other stuff planned that might come out next year that we don't even know about at the moment right so i think that's kind of the way sony was playing it initially but with this announcement i'm looking at it in a way that you know horizon obviously came out a little while back i don't know if it came out this year i think it might come out might have come out last year but the idea was that you know the, the time between the pc release and of course the con the game coming out on the new console would be relatively short it won't be like a huge huge amount of time so that's kind of what i'm thinking with this is obviously i know with horizon you know stuff happened it got delayed which is why it doesn't mean that it's a lock like i should i feel like i should say that as well it does not mean that it's a lock but at least from sony's eyes at this point of time i feel like they're saying let's put this on a pc in january get all the pc gamers excited about god of war and that world and that story and then say by the way god of war 2 is coming out in six seven eight months or whatever towards fall if you want to play it you need to get a ps5 which obviously is tough but you can pick it up on the ps4 as well if you want right it's just kind of giving them an option saying hey this game you're gonna love it here you go plus we have a sequel coming out so i think that it is a sign that god of war 2 ragnarok will be coming out next year i'm still obviously you know just kind of staying open-minded with all of this because we, we just don't know we just don't know what happened we don't know you know if it'll get delayed again and it has already happened with horizon it has already happened with multiple other sony games including last of us part two although that was only delayed for a few months but we just don't know so, which is why you know we'll stay with the idea that it could come out in 2022 hopefully but at the same time it's very possible it could be shifted to 2023 them announcing the pc version and saying it's coming out early 2022 is only a good thing it's only a good sign overall 
but we'll obviously wait and see. And I'm pretty excited. I'm looking forward to this game. It's my most anticipated game since 2018's God of War. So I'm really excited about this game. On In terms of delayed news, I guess we're going to keep that trend. Elden Ring got delayed to February, which is not bad if you think about it because it was coming out in January and it's just being delayed by a month. That always worries me whenever a game gets delayed only by a month. Um, that's kind of my, my thinking behind that is always that they are wanting to delay the game because they need to work work a bit more on that game itself. But they're only able to kind of get a month approved by, you know, management or the publisher or whatever it be. So for me, that's always worrying because we saw that with Cyberpunk. We've seen that with other games as well. We're seeing that with Battlefield right now where a lot of people are quite unhappy with how the beta came out and they have delayed the game. Uh, I mean, they delayed it a little while back, but they had delayed it till November 19th and people are obviously just not super happy at the moment with the game and it, it, they do feel that it deserves a bit more time in the oven to just kind of iron some of those issues out. So does Elden Ring similarly need more time? I love From Software. Sekiro is like one of my favorite games. There's, I have a, a really awesome painting that Saf Silva has, has made that's always in my den area because I just love that game so much. Um, I am not sure if Elden Ring is actually, you know, fully ready. And like, because I love Sekiro, I loved Dark Souls 3, I loved Bloodborne, uh, Bloodborne as well. Hopefully we get a sequel. But I don't know, with this, it's a little worrying. I'm I'm hoping that, you know, everything comes through because they do have a network test coming up soon. But I, I do hope everything comes through from software it does do a good job of releasing, you know, well-made games. But at the same time, in this day and age of, you know, post-pandemic-ish era that we're in, we're just seeing a lot of games get delayed just because of the working conditions, just because of things happening in the world. And I just feel that right now, you know, like we just don't, it's not a good idea to push some of these developers to the point where they, they just kind of lose that creativity or they're just not able to fully commit to a game and, you know, give it that 100% production value, whatever it needs to be, right? So I don't know what that means for the Ring. We'll, we'll see what happens. The other thing I want to talk about is is what is happening with February because all these games are coming out in February. We have Saints Row, the reboot. We have Sifu. We have Horizon Forbidden West. I think, for yeah, it's Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West. We have Elden Ring. Did I say Elden Ring already? I, I, I Yeah, but there's a bunch of games coming out. Basically, there's like, I, I think Dying Light 2 as well is actually coming out in February too. And then in March, we have Gran Turismo 7. Like that, uh, that time, February to March, is just getting overloaded. That's usually our September, October. Um, and of course, we are getting good games right now, not to the same amount as we would usually get, you know, but that's, of course, like I said, like with everything that's happening in the world, that's kind of expected. It does happen. But February is just getting ridiculous that I just, as, as a gamer as well, right, it's exciting because we're like, oh my God, we're going to get so many games in that one month. And even if you're a person that can afford to buy all of these games, you're never going to be a person that will have enough time to play all of these games, Right. Money is another thing. Time is something that everyone has the same of. So I'm just thinking my brain out like what, which, which game is just gonna either try to like delay like and take more time to work on it and maybe push themselves like by a month or which game will try to say, you know what, we're going to release this game one week early if the game goes gold early somehow, right? Like I'm just trying to see what they will do. Horizon will probably not move. Elden Ring will probably not move because I think those two games are just locks there different enough at the same time they have their respective fan bases 
and everything that it's kind of a lock that no one kind of like call of duty you just can't bully call of duty you won't be able to bully these games when it comes to sifu dying light 2 and uh, saints row the reboot i do think those three games will need to move a little bit sifu is an awesome indie looking game and like it looks really cool but when someone sees horizon they'll probably look at sifu and say you know what let me just wait let me wait until i get horizon i finish it all the way maybe sifu goes on a sale maybe i wait for a bunch of more reviews to come out and see if people talk about it and then i'll check it out saints row similarly because it's a reboot there's a lot riding on this and there's a lot of you know especially for fans of the other older, older, older games not really older games but you know just the saints row franchise in general from one to one to four and even that weird expansion thing that they did i think for them a lot of them will be looking at this game and thinking that yeah look i'm excited about this but because it's a reboot because it's something that's unknown even for me who likes that franchise i'm gonna take a step back and wait wait until i see more gameplay see more reviews see how it does but in the meantime why not just get into elden ring or you know horizon because those two are like these huge games coming from companies and developers that people just love so much right similarly with uh dying light 2 it was a game that was supposed to come out like i think in 2020 then it got delayed 2021 and then 2022 it just kept, keeps getting delayed and it got to the point where it was kind of the batman gotham knight reveal thing where it would they would just kind of tease stuff here and there and you just got frustrated and annoyed after a while that you're like okay just stop just stop talking about it and just let me know when it's done and I think with Dying Light 2, it's just gotten to a point. Like, I was pretty interested in it because I do like Dying Light. I did like the first game quite a bit. But again, like, it's just come to a point where I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, Dying Light 2 is coming out. Yeah, that looks cool. I'll check it out, like, later on. I'll play these other games first. Maybe, you know, even check out Grand Turismo 7, even though I'm not a racing person. But, like, maybe around December, around Black Friday, I'm sure that game will be on sale and I'll pick it up then. Like, that's kind of my mindset now just because there's so many other games that are wanting your time. So I think that's why like there's some games that will need to kind of get pushed out or some games that will need to decide that, you know what, it is not worth us going up against these games because it's better for, for some of these games to come out in a month where there's nothing, you know, like October has been great so far. We've got Far Cry 6, we've got Metroid Dread, and I think we're getting, you know, Guard of the Galaxy, the, the new Mario Party game, Age of Empires 4, like it's been great. But if, if you know, other than obviously getting Deathloop and Kina in, in September, or August, I think. I, yeah, I, might have, I think Kino was August. But I'm getting those two games, there weren't a lot of other games, right? Even like around July or, or June or so, like around that time. So, you know, if you had just put a game like this, I think actually, you know what? Ratchet and Clank did come around that time. But you get what I'm saying. Like, that's just like one game. If some of these games were coming out at a time where there's just another competitor or just one or two other games, maybe like in the in, kind of in the medium level in terms of, you know, their bigness, I guess. It would be fine but because they're going up against some huge games like elden ring and horizon that will have like crazy marketing budgets behind them i just don't i just feel bad for those games it's almost like a titanfall 2 situation where a game might be really really good but it gets buried doesn't sell enough in the first couple of weeks or so which is when most of these developers make their money because that's when the, the game is at its highest price and then most people will you know, wait for it to be on Game Pass or on PS Plus or wait for a sale, right? And then all they, you know, like and check it out that time and see that the game's actually really good, but it's already too late. The the developers already lost all that money technically. So we'll see what happens. It is turning into a magic month for us gamers, although it's not a magic month for our time and for our wallets. So good news, and again, I think we should talk about this. You know, I know I gave like my mini Ubisoft 
rant last time. But I do want to kind of bring up the fact that it does seem like they are working on a new Splinter Cell game. Although there are some rumors or information coming out that the Splinter Cell game will be more akin to what we see with their formulas right now. And, you know, that again does not make me feel too great. Obviously, I would want these games, the, the Splinter Cell games to be like Conviction or Blacklist or Double Agent, Chaos Theory, Pandora's Tomorrow. Like, I would want them to be the same way of those games. Conviction was a game that I actually really, really liked. Although I think a lot of people don't seem to talk about that game or like that game too much. Uh, but that game was something that I really, really liked. I just kind of liked that whole idea. I know the game, I remember seeing that. I just, I remember seeing it at an E3 conference way back. So this was like when I was in high school and like they did like a gameplay thing or they showed some gameplay for it. And it, it just looked out of this world. It just looked like a game that would not be on an Xbox 360 or, 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 the, or it was not on PS3, but it would just not be on the 360. And obviously when you actually got the game, they did tone it down a bit. You know, Ubisoft does do that quite a bit. You know, Watch Dogs, uh, the Division, <laughs> Splinter Cell. So I feel like obviously that was my first time learning that, I guess. But like, I remember seeing that game and being like, oh my God, that's so good. And even when I got it, even though it, it wasn't like exactly like what they showed, it still looked amazing and felt amazing. So I was so excited about it and I really enjoyed it. And then obviously they did Blacklist and they just kind of stopped. They just stopped and they were just going through this phase like I was talking about in my little rant. There is just this phase of like, let's take any franchise we have and let's try to make it the next Fortnite. And let's just keep doing it again and again. And it's just coming to a point where it's like, okay, you can't just release like a, a, a biannually. Is that biannually? But like every two, three years, release a new Far Cry and then tell us to be like, yeah, like we gave you a single player game. Now, you know, enjoy the division the heartland or enjoy x defiant or here's ghost recon the one that you don't want here's a battle royale version like it's just i just don't think that's how it should work it should be you know you make one game like rainbow six siege or like the i forgot the game the one that they did the hyperscape yeah the battle royale game that just kind of was out there for a while people were enjoying it and just kind of disappeared and that tells you a lot i don't get why ubisoft doesn't see that that tells you a lot that the, the area is so saturated you need something new and innovative. You just can't try to copy it and it's just not going to catch on the way you think. And I just want them to kind of dedicate a little bit of time and say, you know what? Let's take some of these franchises like for itself, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, The Division. Maybe have like another area where we're going to be coming up with new games, new single player focused games, and then have another team or another focus on looking at Rainbow Six Siege. You know, I love the Rainbow Six campaign stuff. But I can see what they're trying to do with Siege and I love Siege and I'm like, you know what, fine, like this is, you can continue to do what you're doing with this on the multiplayer front, right? I just don't see why they don't kind of take that approach. At the end of the day, it just comes down to, you know, meeting those business needs and making sure they're making more money than what they were making last year. And it just comes down to a point of how do we implement battle passes, this microtransactions, you know, all costumes and all that stuff. So it's a little disappointing, but... I'm not going to, obviously, this is just a rumor. Obviously, it's like I've come up on a lot of websites, so hope, most likely it is true. But I am hoping that the Splinter Cell game will be like what we want it to be. And it's not going to have some weird monetization scheme. It's not going to have some weird battle pass system. It'll just be an awesome single player game that they can charge 70 or 60 USD or 70 USD, whatever it is, but give us a good... 12 to 15 hour game that we enjoy has an awesome story and just takes us back to Splinter Cell because everyone loves Splinter Cell. I love Splinter Cell. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are waiting for Splinter Cell. So I I I will be optimistic. I know 
I tend to get negative on some of this stuff, but I will I will try to be optimistic with this and we'll see. We'll see what happens in the next year or two. I know it's a, it's a long ways away. So Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher 3, their next-gen upgrades have been delayed. No surprise because, I mean, it we're already at October and we had heard nothing about this. A little disappointing, of course, but at the same time, like, I think CD Projekt Red has just learned that, you know what, let's take our time. Let's take our time with anything, including these upgrades, because they just don't want to mess anything up after Cyberpunk 2077. I think that's perfectly fine. I, I am obviously still waiting because I have the PS4 version, which obviously, you know, translates into the PS4 up-res, up-FPS version or whatever you want to call it. But I obviously want to get the PS5 version, right? With hopefully some ray tracing in it. Hopefully if they can do something like what they did with Spider-Man where you can have the game running at 60 FPS and have ray tracing. I think that would be awesome. At this point, I, I might I might as well just continue or just kind of get into playing this game as is. It's running at 60 FPS from what I've seen and everything. It, the game looks great. So, you know, might as well just play the game now and just kind of get it over with. I feel like I've just been holding off and playing this game because I was really excited for this game. And overall, the game is still good. It's not a bad game or anything like that. Obviously, there were a lot of promises that weren't kept. But overall, if you look at it, the game is still quite good. So I do want to kind of just jump in and experience that world. Just kind of, I think Cyberpunk will be a game that I jump into when there's no other game that I'm playing at that time. So hopefully around December, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be playing a lot of Halo Infinite around then. But hopefully around December or even maybe November around then, I'll probably jump in to Cyberpunk if I can get through my huge, super huge backlog. And this goes into my next topic. The thing I kind of wanted to end the show on is why are we obsessed with newer games and continue to neglect our backlog? And it's just a weird thing where a lot of people, a lot of us, we get excited. A lot of gamers, we get excited when we see a new game come out where see the reviews, we see the gameplay, we buy the game, we're excited, we, we decide we're going to play it. This weekend, something happens, we say, you know what, we'll play it actually next weekend, I'm actually going to jump on to Division or to on Destiny or New World with a few of my friends, let me play that a little bit. It keeps getting pushed, keeps getting pushed, and then a new shiny game comes out at the same time, in that time frame. And then you say, you know what, this game looks good too, I want to check this game out too. I do have a bit of money I have, you know, I could wait. I could wait to get it next week, but it looks so good. All these streamers are playing it. There's so many YouTube videos about it. IGN wrote an article about it. Uh, this podcast talk up, talked about it. I might as well check this out as well. And you buy that game, you play that game a little bit, then you go back to New World, then you go back to The Division, and you forget about the other game that you bought. It's just like this weird cycle that we kind of go into where we just keep buying these games, getting these games. We might see a game on sale that we're like, I always wanted to play that game. It's on a huge sale. Yeah, I definitely want to play this game. And you buy the game, but because you got on a sale, you're like, oh, I got on a sale. Perfect. Yeah, like, let me let me finish this other game first, and then I'll jump into it. And by the time you get want to jump into that game, another game goes on sale that you're really excited about, and you buy that game. And it's just this thing where I feel like it's just the way the internet, the media, all this stuff kind of feeds this information to us, Right. These games come out and these the media outlets, podcasts, YouTubers, you know, myself, even when I talk about some some of the newer games that I've been playing, it's like my kind of job in a way to kind of talk about this and tell you what I think about these games, what I like, what I don't like. And then if I say that I'll be like a game that will get people excited that, you know what, I want to check out this game. This game looks really good. But then it, it goes to a point where you're like, you know what, I have all these other games that I maybe I talked about it, maybe another news website had talked about them that they were that that was also a really good game that you haven't played yet and it's it's just hard 
to be able to focus just on a couple of games or even like one game at a time. I honestly think we should be focusing on one game at a time because you can like I, nothing to do with multitasking. It's not like you're playing multiple games at the same time. I'm sure some people do, but it's not like that's what a lot of people do. It's just when you focus on a game, especially if it's a game like the games that you see nowadays, right? Like Deathloop, like Far Cry, like New World, like Metroid Dread, like Ratchet and Clank, Returnal. A lot of these games just require you to focus on them, on that story, on what's happening, on the lore, on the games and mechanics that you're learning, that if you take a step back and you start playing another game, and you can do that, I do that, right? You can play other games, but you will, when you go back, you will, first of all, in some way, lose focus or lose some of those Twitch elements or things that you had learned in that game. Or at the same time, you will be more hesitant to go back because you'll say, you know what? I do like that game. I do want to get back into it, but I'm enjoying this other game right now in this moment. So I'm going to keep playing that. And then once you're done with that game, another game comes out that hooks you immediately and you kind of forget about the other game that you kind of made your way 20 to 50%, you know, made your way through that game and you just haven't gone back yet. And like this happens a lot and I've seen this happen to me quite a bit as well. Like currently I'm playing Far Cry 6 on my PC. I'm playing Deathloop on my PlayStation, which I've been neglecting because I've been playing a lot of Far Cry 6 on the PC. And I also started playing Metro Dread because I just got the Switch OLED. So I was like, you know what? I want to play this game. And that game really, really hooked me. And I got really hooked to that game. So to the point that I haven't been playing New World basically at all. I played like a bunch initially and I haven't jumped back in in such a long time that I literally need to kind of get used to it again and replay that game in a sense. Even same with Deathloop. I play a big chunk of it in one go and then I stop for weeks. And it's just like this weird thing where I realize I'm like, why am I doing this? There's no hurry to play these games. No one has like a little time thing, like a little like, what do you call it? Like the, 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 the thing with the sand, hourglass, right? The hourglass like on your back, we're just kind of just going up and down where it's like, you know what? You need to kind of play this game in this time frame. Otherwise you can't play this game ever again. That's not how this works. But that's how I'm, our mind works for some reason. For some reason, we all just want to be part of that conversation. We want to know about that game. We want to avoid spoilers. And I completely get the spoiler thing. I always do my best to make sure that I will completely, when I describe a game, I just describe the game. I do not like it when people say, oh, minor spoiler, and just kind of talk, and then just kind of blurt it out. Because as someone who's listening to a podcast, you're no one can, like, no one is that quick and quickly, like, turning off the podcast, like, immediately. Because depending on what you have, you might have earbuds that have buttons on them, but you might not. You might, you might have put your phone somewhere else at the gym or something like that. And then, you know, you can't, you, what are you going to do? Like rush towards it? You know, throw your earbuds out or your earphones off quickly. Like, especially when people say minor spoiler or spoiler and they don't pause for a little while and just kind of jump into it really quickly. It's really, for me, that's really frustrating. frustrating. That's like a pet peeve of mine. So I always do my best to make sure that doesn't happen. And I totally get that that's one of the reasons that people want to, you know, know what's happening, know what's happening in the story. So no one can spoil this game for me. I know that was the thing with Last of Us Part 2. I also kind of did the same thing with Last of Us Part 2. I, I remember Sav Silva and I, we played through the game so quickly because we were so worried that someone was going to spoil that game for us. So, you know, I totally get that. But at the same time, it kind of comes down to we're forcing ourselves to play this game. At the moment, like I'm, I'm almost forcing myself to, to play Far Cry 6 so that I can focus on Deathloop and Metroid Dread and New World and also in a way prepare for Guardians of the Galaxy, which comes out end of this month, right? So that's kind of, I'm, I'm not fully enjoying myself when I'm playing Far Cry 6, even though I am actually enjoying the game and I want to take my time. I want to just go to random outposts. I want to just look around. I want to find random stuff and just like enjoy the scenery, right? But 
I'm not able to do that because I'm like, no, like time is of the essence. I only have this much amount of time. I need to get through this game as quickly as possible. And I think that's where the biggest problem is. It's just, we have a limited amount of time. Why are we so focused on trying to waste that time in a sense, you know, like not waste it in a way that we're just kind of throwing it away into something like this, but waste it in a sense where that hour of playing a game, you would want to play a game in a fun, enjoyable way but you're playing in a rushed and wasteful way. You're wasting your time, your leisure time that you know you're, you get so rare. It's just such a rare thing for a lot of people, especially a lot of people that are working. You know, you work a regular like nine to five job, maybe you work a shift job and you also get like very specific time in the day to be able to play games and enjoy and, and sit back. But then you're rushing through it because you want to play that next big game, the next game that's coming out, or you want to play the next game because you want to make sure that this game doesn't get spoiled for you. And I think that's just something that we need to just be mindful of. You know, I like once I started thinking about this, once I started like just kind of internalizing this in my mind, I started saying, you know what? Okay, I'm going to focus on these games that I have in front of me right now, which is Metroid Dread, Far Cry 6, Deathloop, and New World. And then what I'm going to do is actually go back to all the games that I've been buying and I've been just been collecting almost that I have this ready, like Death Door and stuff like that, that I've played so much of and I just stopped randomly because a new game came out. I'm gonna go back to those and I'm gonna play those first. And like a good way of doing this, I guess, is obviously, first of all, don't rush through the game. Um, I do think, again, like you should obviously be focusing on just one game at a time. But if possible, what, what I'm thinking of doing is maybe doing two games per, two games at a time. I feel like that is something that you can kind of manage, especially if those two games are separate or different enough. So, you know, what I, I, it's a weird thing. Maybe this is just me. It can be like someone else's like approach is, is, is different. Uh, like what I like to do is have one specific game on a different console. So maybe like my Xbox or my PlayStation or a Switch and one game on like my PC. So it's like, just have two separate areas, you know? So one on like the console area, which is near the TV and one on, on the PC area. So it just kind of like internalizes it in a different way and you're focused on it in a different way. Again, this is coming from a very, privileged place where I have a gaming PC and a console but like this is just kind of how I'm working on it at the same time I feel like if you have a console and you have two games that you want to play I think that also works right but I think this is just something that I think maybe just this, this is just me kind of putting it out there because I know a lot of you have your backlogs like you keep looking at it you keep saying yeah you know what I want to work on this and get through all these amazing games that have been stacking up I feel like you know you need someone like myself or you know just to kind of just bring it up and then we can kind of talk about it as well. If you are someone that's kind of working in your, on your backlog, like let me know. And like, let me know what you're working on. I'll tell you what I'm working on. We can kind of keep each other in, in check and everything like that. Make sure we're actually like, you know, finishing these games and getting through this. Because I think there's so many games that we're missing out on or not dedicating our time to and missing the, the amazing work that these developers like put in to these games just because we're rushing through them or just because we get through like 10 hours of it and then we just kind of forget about it or like, of 50% of the game. I mean, Yakuza 7, oh my God. Like, I love that game. I love that game. I've put like 20 something hours into that game. I've made I've made my way so far into that game and yet I haven't gone back. And I keep thinking about that. I'm like, what, how, why, have I not, why have I not gone back? This is crazy. But like, that's just something that I just wanted to bring up. Uh, we'll leave it there because obviously we don't have enough time to talk about some of the games that I've been playing, but I've kind of already mentioned that throughout the episode in a sense. But thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. You can reach me at on Instagram if you want to talk about any games that you're playing, anything like that. Message me anytime if you want to play any games like Back for Blood, New World, 
uh, what else is there? Deathloop, even Far Cry 6, any multiplayer game, especially when in preparation for Halo, we can play some uh, Splitgate or anything like that. Message me and we'll, we'll set that up and we'll play some games together. I will be getting back into streaming a little bit more now. I know I keep saying that again and again, but this time is serious. This time is real. I'm pretty excited. I'm looking forward to getting back into that as well. Thanks so much, everyone. I will see you next time.